Good evening. This is Sabrina Marie, host of the Building Abundance Success Series, our primetime mastermind that promotes empowered focus, decisive action, and inspired outcome. Our spotlight tonight is on health and healing, in particular, heart health. I have an awesome guest, naturopathic cardiologist Decker Weiss. He has helped thousands with his definitive approach to cardiovascular disease management. And he is a pioneer in natural applications of effective alternatives to bypass and angioplasty. He's the first naturopathic physician to complete a residency program in the Columbia Hospital System, the Arizona Heart Hospital, and the prestigious Arizona Heart Institute. His clients include seven senators and congressmen and a former vice president. You're going to enjoy this. Hello, Decker. How are you doing this evening? I'm doing great. Thank you. Awesome. We're here to talk about heart health, and my audience has been asking for this for months. So you're a naturopathic uh, cardiologist. Tell us about yourself, where you're from, and what you do. Well, careful, because one thing a naturopathic cardiologist and a conventional cardiologist will have in common is if we start talking about ourselves, we can kill the whole hour, and uh, that's it. (laughs) (laughs) Unfortunately, there still could be an ego stream for both of us. You know, in essence, a naturopathic cardiologist, and which I'm so far the only one, but there's going to be two of us. I do have a fellow training in my office. He's working real hard. But I was a naturopathic physician first, and that's kind of different where there's some real smart folks like Stephen Sinatra and Dean Ornish. They were medical doctors who later sort of, you know, went into natural realms to different de- degrees. For me, I'm a naturopathic medicine first and much more importantly than being a cardiologist. Uh, but after my naturopathic schooling, I did a conventional internship, residency, and fellowship, and I was on staff of a hospital for 10 years. And so with that, uh, you know, for me, drugs are sort of alternative medicine. They're when, uh, and I'm glad they're there, but they're really not its own system. It's not really a healing system. It's a suppression and, and palliative system versus you look at curative systems in the natural medicine realm. And so it's been really great. I have a very busy office in Scottsdale and still maintain some hospital stuff, and I'm training a a fellow, so there'll be two of us. Hmm. What made you go down the naturopathic uh, lane? You know, uh, I was looking at medical schools, and I was down to one of the California medical schools and doing a, a surgery tract or just going to regular medicine at a DO school, and they opened up a naturopathic school, and I walked in, and that was it. Yeah, surgery never excited me. I always thought that uh, surgery was real neat, but the idea of doing kind of the same thing every day, um, a little too ADD. Oddly enough, you would think a surgeon would be ADD. No, but <laughs> surgeons that are ADHD and ADHD aren't very good. You you need the patient folks for that, you know, the steady hands and all that. I like seeing different types of things every day and, and figuring out creative ways to get people well. And so when I walked in and I could use acupuncture and homeopathy and botanical medicines and adjust backs and use all these natural healing systems and still have some pharmaceutical privilege, uh, I was right in my own. It was a pig in mud, and it was a love affair that's still going on. In terms of uh, being a naturopathic cardiologist, what is the schooling on that as opposed to the conventional? Well, a conventional cardiologist will come from an MD school. So they're going to get training in drugs and surgery. A naturopathic physician is going to come out of a school with drugs, more minor surgery, herbs, homeopathy, spinal adjustment, water cure stuff, nature cure, things like detoxing, uh, acupuncture, homeopathy. It goes on and on and on. So naturopathic medicine is its own discipline. It's a curative-based model. 
it was really a pre-pharmaceutical model uh, for the most part of medicine. So our schooling's completely different. Our medical boards are different. And, you know, I don't report to an MD medical board. I report to an naturopathic medical board, but I still have licenses and DA numbers and all that stuff. But it's autonomous. And I, I guess for the listeners, what would be the important thing for you to know is I'm a competitor. Mm-hmm. Uh, when somebody wants to put a stent in or do bypass, I don't want to do that. When somebody wants to use medications and, and things like that, I want you to use natural. But I'm also not a zealot. I think there's a limited indication for bypass surgery. I don't, I don't believe in stents. I don't think that they should ever be used. I have not found any indication that, that they really need to be used. Um, but... Uh, as far as, you know, the medications, they're out of control, and in my opinion, and they're not healing, they're not corrective. And so uh, it's a great opportunity for me because everybody's coming up loaded on so much medications. And, and, you know, I think the funny thing about it is that people think that there's something called integrative medicine. that There, there really isn't. There's no such thing as integrative medicine. There's really autograde medicine. Okay. You know, people don't want meds and herbs and all of that stuff people want out of that system and you know that's why i'm so busy people come to me and they say i feel lousy i have heart disease i'm on all these medications and people keep telling me this is all i can do and everything else is not proven and i'll say well welcome to naturopathic medicine it's time to get well Heart disease is uh, considered uh, one of the number one causes of death in America. And mm-hmm. It used to be, you know, people thought, well, that you'll get that as you get older, but uh, it happens in kids. Uh, can you talk to us a little bit about heart disease? What are its causes? Yeah, and, and you're going to really run into the difference between a naturopathic cardiologist and a conventional cardiologist in the sense that this, for heart disease, you're right. You know, we became so accustomed to, hey, just as you get older, it happens. Mm-hmm. Well, this is terrible. <laughs> this is this is what we've done with our whole society. Uh, you know, my father. You know, he had the same sunglasses for forty-five years. They were fine. I've gone through thirty pair. You know, they break. They do all these things. Um, it, it's something where we've become this throwaway society, but we've done it with our own health. We expect that if we live, we're all of a sudden we'll automatically get heart disease. It's an acquired disease that is not natural. It is an unnatural disease to get. It is not the process of living longer. It's the process of eating poorly and doing some other things. There's there's really three causes, and if you want to be more spiritual, four. That's everybody's option. Uh, one is oxidation. Where you know cholesterol doesn't cause heart disease. Oxidized rancid cholesterol causes heart disease, and that's a medical fact. That's in the conventional books. It is an oxidative disease. Uh, inflammation, and we're really not talking about when you stub your toe. We're talking about digestive chronic disorders from gas and bloating to irritable bowel and Crohn's or chronic skin rashes and things like that, and then nutrient depletion. And those are the really three hallmarks. The fourth is maybe a spiritual issue, stress, stress emotions, things like that, which I happen to believe in and we do treat. But when you look at that, medical model does not use antioxidants, does not believe in them, discredits them, Medical model has no safe anti-inflammatories except maybe aspirin, but that's relatively rare exception. Aspirin is not a miracle drug. There's all sorts of problems with it. I mean, how can it be a miracle drug if every time you take it, you bleed about a teaspoonful of blood? Mm-hmm. I think we better find better miracles. I think you might want to look at curcumin. <laughs> I think you might want to look at ginger as miracles. I, I would stick away from aspirin. But there is no safe Tylenol, ibuprofen, steroids, 
you know, all the anti-inflammatories we commonly use over the counter or whatever increase cardiovascular disease and mortality. So there's no safe really any anti-inflammatories except possibly aspirin, and that's shaky in my opinion. And then nutrition, well, medical doctors don't teach nutrition. They will sometimes have registered dietitians, which I think do a very poor job of it. But when you look at the three hallmarks of the disease, I would argue that most cardiologists are unqualified to cure heart disease. That doesn't mean they can't treat it, and that doesn't mean they might not do a really good job of treating it and managing vital signs with drugs and doing some really absolutely necessary things. But to cure it, it simply isn't a curative model. Mm. Now, you mentioned something uh, earlier. You mentioned gas and bloating. Now, that's normal for most people. They just reach for a gas pill or they listen to whatever is on television with these drugs and happy people and then a whole list of side effects. You're saying that's not natural. You know, one of the people we were talking to off the air was about a guy named Terry Lamarant, and, and Terry used to talk about that too, and Terry would, you know, we would have these discussions about, you know, what really warning signs are. Mm-hmm. And what I'm telling you listeners is gas and bloating, irritable bowel, Crohn's, chronic skin rashes, joint pains, you are getting warnings of heart disease. See, we're told warnings of heart disease or chest pain. No, that means you have it. Okay, you know, that's like saying to your child that there's a warning sign that your room's going to be messy when the room's all messed up. No, the warning sign is when you learn not to put your stuff away and you don't have good habits. It's the same thing. And and so gas and bloating, irritable bowel, Crohn's, maldigestion, skin rashes, estrogen dominance, one of the newer ones, of course, type 2 diabetes or type 1 diabetes, uh, eating inflammatory or oxidized foods, being toxic, whatever, these are all... Warning signs. It's very interesting. The Tibetans, when you talk to them about heart disease, they go, well, yeah, well, the inflammation starts on the outside and goes to the inside. I thought that was very interesting. Mm. You know, digestion and stuff will eventually get to heart, and that's absolutely true. You know, medical doctors understand running C-reactive protein is a lab marker that measures inflammation. And when it's high, they will treat that with a drug. But the question is, is why is it high? What is setting it off? Well, you know, it's you ask a patient. Do you have joint pain? Yes. Well, that joint pain needs to go away, but it can't go away with ibuprofen or you increase risk of heart problems. It has to go away with, you know, things like curamin and things like, you know, tableted fish oils and, you know, know, those kinds of things that that really get that pain under control naturally and exercise and circulatory stuff and massage and those wonderful techniques that we use. So when when you're looking at that, that's really how you start to solve things. You're talking about inflammation in a lot of the Crohn's and the uh, gas bloating, et cetera. Can you talk to the audience about inflammation and how that is a major marker that they need to to really look at? Yeah. So why do some people get heart disease and others don't? Mm -hmm. And when you always look at it, you've got to end up usually around inflammation. So what happens, you have rancid cholesterol that's stuck on the inside of an artery. Cholesterol is a marvelous, wonderful, life-giving substance. Without it, we don't have life. We don't make hormones. We don't make babies. We don't do anything. We're stuck in the mud, literally and figuratively. So with it, um, when you look at heart disease, you look at cholesterol patching damaged areas of vessel and allowing that vessel to heal and then the patch leaving. But if the patch or the cholesterol is oxidized or rancid when it does its patching or it becomes oxidized or rancid as it's patching the inside of a damaged vessel. For listeners, think of a 
thing in a golf, like a little, little dimples and golf balls. That, that's what you're thinking about. You're thinking about a little cholesterol patch in there, you know, healing up that ding like a patch on a, like a scab on a piece of skin. And when that heals, it should just leave. Instead, what will happen when it's oxidized or rancid, the immune system gets involved. <coughs> that immune system gets involved, and it drags the cholesterol in between the inside and middle layers of the artery. If you want a good analogy to that, think of a zit. You have the thin outside skin, and underneath that, you get this pus, rancid, infected mess. And that's what heart disease is. It's like a zit on the inside of an artery. In fact, that's really close to being exactly what it is. The body likes to wall this stuff off, and that's what it does. So eventually, if that zit breaks open or bursts, or if that happens on an arterial wall, you can die. It's a heart attack. It's an event. It's a tearing of that inside layer and that, that stuff flowing out and causing, you know, that, that tearing and then that blood clot forms. So when you're looking at inflammation, here's the kicker. As inflammation goes up, immune activity goes up. They're married. They always are. This is the way we're built. If you stub your toe, it inflames. <laughs> what happens is, is the immune system comes in after, with the inflammation to help clean up damaged tissue. So when you have oxidized rancid cholesterol and the immune system gets there, that will cause it. Now, why do some people have really hyperactive immune systems Excuse me, versus others that don't, that their immune systems are kind of calm, and that's inflammation? So let's take a patient. Let's take somebody that has joint pain, knees and hips. Now, that chronic joint pain and inflammation means that as that inflammation is higher, the immune system's higher. But the immune system's not specific. So the immune system is now activated and hyperactive because of all this pain. Well, the immune system doesn't have a little motor that goes go right to the knee. The immune system is just hyperactive. It's floating around in your bloodstream just looking to get into trouble. Well, if it bumps into the heart on the way, it will aggressively attack the heart, and that immune system will drag all that cholesterol into the artery and really jam it in there. So translated, what it is is the more inflammation the more immune system, but the more inflammation, the more aggressive heart disease comes. So that's why they can't solve it in conventional medicine because you have to get all this inflammation under control naturally. You have to turn down the heart attack meter. You have to turn down the immune system and calm it down. And you calm the immune system by calming inflammation. In that calming inflammation, you mentioned that, um, that heart disease is a not natural state. And some of the things that we do to ourselves, we innocently do to ourselves, make that situation uh, happen for us. Can you talk about that? Well, things we innocently do to ourselves to create inflammation? Mm-hmm. Oh, probably, probably saying I don't eat a lot of sugar, but you're adding some of that nasty syrupy stuff to your coffee every morning. Mm. Uh, ignoring what the body's telling you. Yeah, my knees hurt every morning, but, you know, it's not that big a deal. By the end of the day, it sort of walks off. Um, yeah, I've kind of had diarrhea for a few months, but I'll leave it alone. Uh, yes, my periods are really irregular. Um, I'm on synthetic hormone, but, you know, my doctor says that even though the studies show that it's dangerous, it'll probably be okay. I would say some of those things. But it usually is bred out of ignorance or fear in that. This is the core of a lot of a lot of problems. Sure. I'll just eat fast food once in a while. Okay. You know, fast food's not food. 
you know, meaning that I know that I'm lumping a lot of things together, but look, <clears throat> when you're taking hormone-laden meat and putting, you know, sugar and fat on it with processed foods and chemicals, you would have an expectation of getting disease if you looked at it that way. You know, that kind of thing. Justifying poor diets is one of the biggest problems I'll see, where I just eat a little of this, I just eat a little of this. You know, you're simply, when you're sick, you automatically have a nutritional problem, and you're not going to solve any chronic disease by eating differently, or without eating differently. This is a rule of nature. This isn't Decker's rule. This isn't whatever. You have to give yourself the opportunity to get well. With eating poorly, you don't have the opportunity to get well. That's that's very important to understand. What about uh, the talk of um, an animal-rich uh, diet, high in, uh, uh, you know, an acidic diet? Well, there's a difference between an animal-rich diet and an acidic diet. Okay. Uh, one of the things we talked about in the three causes of disease was nutrient depletion. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, what we're talking about is minerals, you know, magnesium and trace minerals and calcium and all that stuff. And you see as our minerals go down in our soil, all sorts of diseases just keep increasing. I mean, we have people walking around and their bones are falling apart and we're saying, well, that's just your genetics. Really? I don't see that genetics in China. I don't see that genetics in Tibet. I don't even see that genetics in Haiti. If you live long enough, I don't see anybody busting hips. I don't. Mineral-rich foods. Uh, when when we're looking at, at nutrients and we're looking at um, animal protein, it's about maintaining alkalinity, and that's the thing. And, and you know, not everybody is meant to be vegetarian. And when we did that in the 20s and 30s and 40s as naturopaths, we just had a lot of people become vegetarians. A lot of people didn't feel well. Mm-hmm. And there is some merit to blood type diets. They're not perfect. But uh, there's generally all blood types. My wife's one. She is not going to be vegan. But also the type of animal that you're ingesting is really very, very important. You know, for example, in our house, we do not eat anything. There's no food that goes in our house that's not humanely slaughtered, that's not humanely handled. That's just our personal thing. But also, everything we eat is free-range. This did ate grass. It wasn't sitting in a slaughterhouse eating soy and getting steroids. It was out in the grass living a life, and then it ended up on a plate. But the mineral density in, for example, free-range free buffalo is very, very different than going into a fast food place and getting a burger. And, you know, but it's about also testing alkalinity. We have pH strips. You wake up in the morning, you pee in a cup, you throw that away the second time you pee. You know, you urinate the second time you urinate. You dip that urine. You find out what your pH is. You spit in a cup, and then you adjust. So it's not just about animal protein. And, you know, the the downside to most animal protein, and, you know, all animal protein, you know, other than maybe salmon, is pro-inflammatory. But... We also have to distinguish between the types of animal protein out there. And, you know, if you eat a good, dark, you know, organic green salad with a piece of buffalo, this is very different than a Big Mac. Mm -hmm. And so you just don't want to lump that all together. But what's more important is, you know, well, people will, you know, eat all this wonderful food. They'll take supplements, but they don't test their pH. How do you know it's absorbing? So to the listeners, get those pH strips out and start testing your urine and saliva. And if it's below 7.2 consistently, you're not getting enough minerals. Time to make changes. And, and vegetarians can also be loaded with soy and processed products. It's just not animal protein. So really, you do need to test for that. 
You mentioned nutrients. Uh-huh. Everybody's nutrient deficient. Can you talk about uh, you know what you do and um, what nutrients are good for the heart? Well, Terry Lemeron's not nutrient depleted. <laughs> you know, <laughs> a lot of people are nutrient depleted, but the art, <laughs> but you you do have to supplement to maintain. There's just not in the food. You know, it's just there's just not enough. Uh, there's still a few nomadic populations that do okay, but you know, there simply isn't enough. What nutrients do I recommend for the heart? There's a couple obvious ones. You know, magnesium, because we live in a calcium-dominant society, um, magnesium is a vasodilator. It works kind of contra, you know, a little bit different than calcium. But, you know, calcium and magnesium together, but really we need a lot of magnesium. But the, the problem with magnesium is the absorbability. Mm. And I'll usually use orotates, you know, the orotate-type chelates, which are a little harder to find. They shouldn't be more expensive, um, but they're a little harder to find. Uh, you know, ubiquinol, CoQ10, active form of CoQ10, which unfortunately most of it comes out of Japan, so we're going to have to be careful and see what's going on. You don't want ox, you know, you don't want CoQ10 coming from radioactivity in plants. And so right. we got to see right now it's still good. They've done a really good job. Uh, but, uh, you know, the active CoQ10, uh, you know, the fish oil still falls into that category as a nutrient, but I don't use fish oil out of the oceans uh, directly. I use fish oil that, that comes from brains, and it's past the blood-brain barrier, and it's very specific. I will not use uh, – I'll only use kind of a salmon brain-based uh, fish product right now. I will not use an oil from the oceans, from the okay. filet. 